You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your servants send forth the invitation, the invitation that you would be with us in the midst of us, Lord, that you would look with kindness upon those who have gathered on this day, that you would bless us, Almighty God, with words that were sent from you. And if they are sent by you, we can hear. If we can hear, we can believe. If we can believe, we can call on your name. If we can call on your name, we can be saved. Please, Almighty God, hear our prayer and come be with us and guide us and lead us on this morning. It is in your name, Lord Jesus, that we ask for these things in this way. Amen. I don't really care what the groundhog has to say. I can tell you this. In a week and a half, the season will change. No, I'm not talking from winter to spring. I'm talking from epiphany to Lent. That season changes in a week and a half. Not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after is Ash Wednesday. So, beginning on January 29th, we started hearing Jesus preach his first sermon. Because no one else could preach what they did not know. Christ is the only one who knows that he was the good news and the gospel that he would proclaim and what he would accomplish on the cross. So on January 29th, as we came together as a people, we began to take a look at what Jesus had to say. Now we knew he came out of the wilderness after being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. That he began to go into the synagogues and proclaim the kingdom of God was at hand. He began to call disciples to follow him. And he healed many people. And then he was on the mount. And as the people gathered around and they got more and more, Jesus went up on the mount. He elevated himself. He sat down and he began to preach that sermon. Do you remember what we talked about on January 29th? That's why we need to review and bring up to speed because what Jesus is saying today, he said in the same sermon. 
So the first thing Jesus begins to make us aware of and how we spoke about that was a lot of people say I'm living a dream. And we took a look at that and showed it forth as some people are looking at the world when they say I'm living the dream. And they're looking at being successful. But Jesus is calling us in this sermon of his to not be successful, but to be faithful. To be able to see the difference as he proclaimed in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for what you believe. He was telling us that there's a blessing when the world doesn't look with kindness upon us. And then in our reading last week, Jesus continues on his sermon and he said, you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And on Wednesday night, we took a closer look at that. So Joe, you don't have to listen to this part. Because Joe was present on Wednesday night. So when we take a look at what does Jesus mean that you are the salt of the earth? Well, fortunately, I have two chefs in my family. So I have a little bit of understanding of the purpose of salt. So what salt is used for in food is it absorbs the flavors. It brings them together. It makes it taste better. But salt has other properties to it also. And they have a specific purpose. So when we get, we buy a whole tenderloin tip and then because we paid good premium money to have our sons trained, they come over, they butcher the meat. And they portion it up in filet mignons because Katie Grube loves filet mignon. But we said something to Nathan the one time and said, you know what? The meat is, you know, we're surprised because it's not tender. It's tough. And he said, Dad, you have to put salt on it and refrigerate it for two days because the salt will break down the toughness and make it more tender and salt has yet another property to it it has the property of preservation it prevents food from spoiling they take salmon they cover it in salt and they cure it and they keep it from spoiling so when Jesus is speaking to you and I as he is preaching this sermon and he says to us, you are the salt of the earth. He's causing, he's calling us to tell people, come and taste the Lord. The Lord is good. He's also telling us that because we are the salt of the earth, that he will marinate us in his word. And he'll take that toughness out of us 
and will be more tender and kind-hearted to other people. And we will be prevented from spoiling. He will keep us from deterioration. So when Jesus is preaching to us and he's calling us the salt, he's telling us that we have a purpose and that he will be with us in that purpose. And once we understand that purpose, he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. So now that you know that the Lord tastes good and he has made you a little bit more tender and has preserved you from deterioration, you are to proclaim this to other people. You are to show them the light of Christ that's in your life. The same way when you're in the wilderness and far off on a hill you see a city. It is the same way that we should shine forth the goodness that God has given to us. Not only in the world in which we live that we can be seen from a distance, but in our own home. You don't put the light a candle and put it under the basket. You put it on the stand so that all people can benefit from what the Lord has shown you in your life. And then Jesus goes on in his sermon to say, Think not. Think not that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So we understand that we are not saved by us following the law. But Jesus is clearly telling us that the law was good and it was given for the good. And therefore, none of it will be abolished. But he begins to show it in realization along with the prophets. So this part of the gospel that we get to today that seems to be so awkward is part of the same sermon. So now Jesus goes on to say, and here's how this applies. Here's how I have come to make realization of the goodness that God had intended through the law and the commandment. You see, we find the commandment sometimes to be a little bit heavy. And it begins to put its pressure upon us. But that's not what, the God, what our God's intent was for us. It wasn't for him to push us down and to feel inadequate and not able to be in his presence. God gave us the law for a good and constructive purpose. And Jesus begins to open it up in this sermon. You have heard it said, you shall not murder. Now, if you were to ask people out of all of the Ten Commandments, which is the easiest one not to break, probably most people would say, well, I think the murder part, I think I'm pretty good with that. But that's not what our Lord says to us today. If you are angry with your brother, you need to leave the gift at the altar and go and ask for forgiveness if you have wronged them. You see, because we can understand 
that this, when we hear the word murder, we're thinking of something quite evil and overpowering. But you can murder someone by saying, oh, you're a fan of him? Yeah, well, I know more about him than you do. And you start to murder their character. Jesus begins to open up the commandments to show us that God intended it for good. That when you have a disagreement with someone, come together and resolve the disagreement. Do not go and continue to try to speak harshly about someone. Because what you're doing is using the commandment in a way it was never intended. It encourages us to resolve our differences. Blessed are those who... No, not blessed. (laughs) You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus goes on to say, if you looked at her the wrong way, you've already committed adultery. Your thoughts betray you. You look at someone and you don't look at them in that purity that the commandment is calling us to do. Jesus then goes on to say as he's speaking to us that we should be cautious and careful. Now, if you would take literally what Christ goes on to say next, we would be missing a lot of body parts. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. There is a way for us to be obedient to this commandment. Not for our salvation, but because Christ is calling us and telling us that the commandments are good. So when you look at someone and you have those thoughts, The easiest way to resolve those thoughts, close your eyes. Close your eyes and just say, Lord Jesus, please. It is not right where my mind wanted to go. Please, almighty God, help me. Forgive me and let me look at my sister in the purity that she deserves. Your hand. You know, there's sometimes we use that hand to point. There's sometimes we use that hand to wag at someone. There's sometimes we use that hand to shake our fists at them. I found that over the course of time, Jesus allowed me to use my hands in a different way. And I find myself being very conscious of it anymore. That every time I raise my hand, it's raised this way. If I say, brother, I'll see you later. If I say good morning to you. 
The posture of that hand is completely different than the others that I mentioned. The posture of the hand like this says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the divine and the human nature of Christ. The hand used in a different way. And this is what the commandments are calling us to do. They are put in place by Almighty God for a good and constructive purpose. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, brings them to this realization that we need to understand them in more depth. And for those who write the certificate of divorce, estrangement, the loss of love, we no longer can get along in a relationship. What an incredible witness that Christ gives us. Because even though he was betrayed and he hung on that cross, he never wrote a certificate of divorce. Instead, he cries out, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. We are to look at these things more closely. And to realize that these are the things that Jesus has accomplished for us. And he's calling us to be about them. And the Sermon on the Mount is his teaching and instruction to us on how we are called to live in grace. Because we can't do all of these things on our own. We do not have the strength. We do not have the resolve. We do not have the power. But it is our faith in Jesus Christ. And that is more pointed to the adultery point. You see... In the Old Testament, that word is used abundantly. And it is referencing because Israel has worshipped foreign gods. And therefore, they are told by the prophet of old that you have committed adultery against God. You have forsaken your first love. And you have embraced foreign gods. Jesus came not to take away the commandments, but to fulfill them, to make them filled with his righteousness. And the prophet was there to remind us. And consequently, why we hear the words preached to this day, that we are recalled to be in this relationship with Almighty God the way Jesus is preaching it on the Sermon on the Mount. He is talking to us in a way that addresses our need for salvation. Christ knows 
the mind of God. Last week in the First Corinthians text in chapter 2, it tells us that no one knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man. And then it goes on to say, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God and to those he chooses to reveal them to. And God has chosen to reveal to us these incredible pieces and treasures of our faith because he gave us the mind of Christ in the word we can follow them and he can direct us he is calling us he is speaking to us let us hear the Lord let us taste him let us be tender by him and let us be preserved by him Amen Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart Not be all else to me, save that Thou art Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my life